University of Virginia Health System, we're for sharing the latest health information from top minds to keep you and your family healthy. With UVA Health System Radio, here's Melanie Cole. In the United States, breast cancer is the second most common cancer in women after skin cancer. My guest today is Dr. David Brennan. He's the chief of breast surgery at UVA Health System and co-director of both the UVA Breast Care Program and High Risk Breast and Ovarian Cancer Clinic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brennan. So are you seeing a rise in breast cancer today? Well, uh, there is a trend towards an increased uh, uh, number of patients being diagnosed with breast cancer today. That is true. Are you seeing that women, more women, are coming in for screenings, and do we think that that's why we're seeing more breast cancer, because there's more awareness for screening? That's certainly part of it, but sadly, enough women probably aren't being screened today, Uh, and depends on where you live in the country, the proportion of women who do undergo screening. Uh, In Virginia, uh, sadly, uh, the, it ranks kind of in the middle of the field when we look across the United States for women who have report undergoing a mammogram. So we really need to do more to educate women about breast cancer screening and its benefits. So then let's talk about breast cancer screening. When do you advise women to start their first mammogram? Well, that's a, that's a very complicated subject right now, and uh, there are several points of view. At UVA, uh, what we uh, recommend is that When women approach the age of 40, that they sit down with their primary care doctor and evaluate their risk of developing breast cancer and also sit down and think about what their goals are uh, in terms of risk reduction uh, and how they feel that breast cancer screening would fit into their lives. So what do you tell women every day about getting their first mammogram, that baseline to see where they stand, and then also self-exams. Do you think women should be doing this on a regular basis as well? Well, let's first talk about breast imaging and mammography. So when a woman should start mammography probably should grow out of that discussion that I mentioned earlier with their primary care doctor. For women who are high risk, in other words, women who have many family members with breast cancer or perhaps have received radiation therapy as a child or who have had previous breast problems, it makes sense clearly to start routine screening mammography at age 40 and to undergo that test once a year. Certainly, uh, if not starting at 40, they should start at age 45. And for young women, for women between the ages of 40 and 55, if they're going to have mammography, it makes sense to do it every year. I think that once women reach the age of 55, uh, the types of tumors that are most common in the postmenopausal uh, patient are more slow-growing tumors. So it is reasonable to consider cutting down the frequency of mammography to every other year, but beginning at age 45, whereas tumors that occur in women between the ages of 40 and 55 tend to be a little bit faster-growing. So it makes sense to catch those tumors when they're smaller with breast imaging. And in order to do that, they really need to have the mammogram once a year. We hear about other types of imaging. There's advanced ultrasound and 3D tomosynthesis. What do you tell women when they ask you if they have dense breasts? Which one should they go for? Does insurance cover? How do they decide which one to get? Well, 3D tomosynthesis uh, is a relatively new technique that's available to many patients around the country. The real benefit of the 3D imaging is that it decreases what are called callbacks, in other words, what we know as false positives. 
where a patient has a mammogram, a routine screening mammogram, and she gets a phone call and says, you need to come back for more imaging. That's a very stressful situation, and it'd be ideal to avoid that. And 3D mammography or tomosynthesis decreases the risk of that substantially. In terms of uh, ultrasound, this is something that may be useful for patients who have high breast density or extreme mammographic breast density. And this would be in addition to a mammogram or tomosynthesis. So then, as women hate that waiting for that callback, as you say, that's just a, a terrifying feeling for most women. Then what? If you see something suspicious, then what goes on diagnostically as the next step? Well, typically there'd be more imaging, but and if on the additional imaging, the area that looks suspicious continues to look suspicious, the next step is usually an image-directed biopsy, uh, where most commonly under ultrasound guidance or under x-ray guidance, a small needle is placed through the skin and into the abnormal area, and some tissue is removed for analysis by a pathologist. So, Dr. Brennan, and before we get into some of the advances in treatment for breast cancer, people hear on the media all over about the BRCA genes, and they don't understand that these are genes we already have. It's the mutation of the genes that you all are looking for. What do you tell women who ask you, should they get tested for this mutation? So, there are very clearly articulated indications uh, from the various cancer societies uh, about which patients should undergo genetic testing uh, for BRCA1 and 2 mutations. Typically, what we're looking for is women who have multiple breast cancers uh, within the family, usually over several generations. Most often, these cancers occur in relatively young women, in other words, premenopausal. We also look for any patient family history of ovarian cancer uh, and, to a less extent, pancreatic cancer uh, and melanoma. So we have to look at the entire family history for these types of malignancies, and if we see a uh, preponderance of these malignancies within the family, we'll usually recommend genetic testing. Often, the genetic test includes uh, today more than just BRCA uh, mutation testing, but panel mutation testing. Uh, so we look at some other areas uh, that we know that uh, genetic polymorphisms may impact on breast cancer and other malignancy risk. And so what, what are, I know that it depends on the patient, and it's certainly individual, but as far as surgical interventions or first line of defense if a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, what are you seeing most often, Dr. Brennan? Well, still today, breast preservation or lumpectomy is definitely the most common treatment that women select to treat their breast cancer, as long as they're candidates for breast preservation. Uh, mastectomy is the other option, and it is true that we are seeing a little bit of an uptick in women who are eligible to save the breast who choose to have a mastectomy. Um, but right now, it's still the preponderance of women do undergo a lumpectomy or breast-conserving therapy. And then for after the fact, are they going on tamoxifen? Are we cha is there different medications out there today? What about after a lumpectomy or a mastectomy? Well, after a lumpectomy, we're going to do several things. The first thing after a lumpectomy is the patient's going to receive radiation therapy to the breast uh, as an adjuvant treatment. But in terms of systemic treatment like pills or chemotherapy, uh, uh, I think that perhaps that really is your question. 
Uh, tamoxifen is used a little bit less frequently, frequently today. Uh, we have newer agents called aromatase inhibitors uh, that are a little bit more effective than tamoxifen and also have a little bit of a uh, different but more preferable uh, range of side effects. Uh, chemotherapy is also something that is very commonly given to patients uh, who have breast cancer, uh, although fewer and fewer people today are having chemotherapy uh, after surgery for breast cancer because we have uh, very good techniques uh, to try to identify which women will benefit the most from chemotherapy based on certain uh, molecular characteristics of their tumor. Uh, we can now do a test on the patient's tumor, which will help us determine what that individual patient's risk is for the, pa the tumor coming back elsewhere in the body and what the impact on chemotherapy would be to lower that risk. And as far as advancements and what women can look for in the future, are you doing immunotherapy, targeted cell therapy for breast cancer? Tell us about some of the latest advances. So it's the hope of the community that immune therapy is really going to be the next step in our treatment of all types of cancers. To date, uh, there's been some evidence in certain selected groups of women who have breast cancer that immune therapy may be effective. But at this point in time, it really is the very beginning of the evaluation of immune therapeutic techniques to treat breast cancer. Most of the immune therapy has, that has been shown to be very effective has been against cancers that are in themselves more uh, immunogenic. In other words, that the immune system can detect them. One of the problems with breast cancer is that it has the ability often to fly under the radar of the patient's immune system uh, so that it's not very immunogenic. That's compared to something like melanoma, which is one of the most immunogenic cancers that we see. Breast cancer is often undetected from the body. The hope of using immune therapy to treat patients with breast cancer is to wake up the patient's immune system so that they can detect that cancer that is sitting there that uh, prior to uh, giving an immune therapeutic drug, like a checkpoint inhibitor, uh, that the tumor uh, was not seen by the patient's immune system. Uh, some of the breast cancers that we're seeing today, it is effective in, but the vast majority to date, that has not been the case. It's absolutely fascinating what's really going on. And so in just the last few minutes, Dr. Brennan, tell us about your team at the UVA Breast Care Program. Well, the UVA Breast Program is a true multidisciplinary team uh, that takes care of all of our patients who are seen with breast cancer at UVA. Uh, when you come see us at UVA, you're not only seeing a surgeon, but your case is evaluated at our weekly tumor board where all of the breast surgeons will be there, all of the medical oncologists, the doctors that give chemotherapy, all of the radiologists, the doctors that look at your mammogram, the pathologists, those are the doctors that look at the slides from the biopsies, uh, as well as a radiation oncologist uh, and the entire care team of uh, care coordinators, social workers, as well as all of our trainees. Each Friday at UVA, uh, every breast cancer that's treated here is reviewed uh, by a group of at least 30 individuals, and uh, the patients really do benefit from that shared experience. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Brennan. You're listening to UVA Health Systems Radio. And for more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.